Hi, I'm Bill Schaefer with Mark Middleton, and this is a special Active Aging Week presented by Humana podcast series of Growing Boulder. And this is the 20th anniversary of Active Aging Week, which was created by the International Council on Active Aging. It is a week-long campaign. It's celebrated globally, and it highlights the positive aspects of aging. It shares the keys that can help all of us live happier and healthier lives. And in this series, you're going to meet some global thought leaders, some health experts, Olympic champions, and ordinary people who, regardless of their age, their ability, or the challenges they face, they've all found ways to live with passion, purpose, and possibility. And Mark, today we get our special Active Aging Week presented by Humana podcast series underway with the emotional story of a U.S. Olympian, a two-time gold medal winning swimmer who nearly quit just months before, until her brother, left paralyzed in an accident, said something that propelled her to a level she had never reached before. These days, she's using that same mindset to inspire others to age with more passion than they ever thought possible. Teresa Andrews is a market vice president for Humana. She's got a bachelor's in therapeutic recreation. She has a master's in clinical social work and more than just a little bit of real life experience when it comes to active lifestyle. She is a three-time NCAA champion and an 18-time All-American swimmer at the University of Florida where she helped the Gators win their first ever NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving National Championship back in 1982. And two years after that, she became an Olympic hero, winning two gold medals in the 1984 LA Games. And you can probably tell I'm just a little excited to talk to Teresa Andrews. Teresa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. It's really great to be here with you and your audience. You know, I appreciate your time, and and let's start here, because I have to tell you, I have seen the video of your backstroke gold many times, because as you know, the women's 100-meter backstroke was the very next event after the men's 100-meter freestyle, which I have watched probably 100 times, because a good friend of mine, Rowdy Gaines, won that gold, and all of the video highlight packages, or at least most of them, go straight from Rowdy's race right into yours, which is impossible not to watch. And as you know, or may or may not know, Rowdy gave his gold medals to his mom, to his dad, and to his coach, Richard Quick. And I understand you gave your first gold medal, the one from the backstroke, away almost immediately to your brother, Dan, who was poolside for your big swim. Can you tell us about that? Why did you do that? Well, Mark, I uh, first off, Rowdy's a great friend and a great teammate. For years and years and years when and you're at that level and you're competing together. So it was, it was um, quite an event to follow that 100, 100, 100 freestyle race of Rowdy. I come from a family of eight brothers and three sisters. And Dan was my younger brother of a year. He was 19 years old a year before the Olympic Games and was riding a bicycle. He was a lacrosse player at UNC, training, getting ready to go back to UNC to play lacrosse. And unfortunately, a car hit him and paralyzed him from his chest down. So I gave him my first gold medal. I always I always said to Dan, you know, in the Olympics, they give you this medal. And I always say it might represent being the best in the world. I see it that it represents being the most prepared that day. Mm. Dan had an Olympic year. Uh, just like in, in swimming, they give you this medal in life. They'd always give you a memento. And I wanted him to have a reminder of his Olympic year. He has been in a cha- uh, his chair now. He's a, a T3 paraplegic for over 40 years. 
nothing slows this guy down. He is uh, a judge now, married, three children. Kids are all graduated from college now. My inspiration during the Olympic year about not doubting your abilities, don't impose limitations on yourself. It really, and it just opened my door to think what's possible making this Olympic team. Obviously, you're very emotional about that, but, but, but how did his, his accident impact or change maybe your perspective on, on life, Teresa's, and, and maybe in a way that, that still informs how you live each day? Six months before the Olympic trials, I wasn't predicted to make the team and I was never predicted to win. Wow. And all of my career swimming, I never thought about quitting except six months before the Olympic trials that year in 1983, I quit. And I went to the hospital and I sat down with Danny and I was seeing him every day while he was recovering and relearning his life skills in a wheelchair. And I told him, I said, hey, I just quit swimming. I'm going to go back to University of Florida. I'm going to get my degree. It's not a big deal. And he goes, no, you have to go back. I go, no, I'm pretty sure I quit swimming. He goes, I want to know why. Why did you quit? And really the answer was, I just felt like I I was going to be a failure. If I don't make this team, Mm -hmm. my self-worth was all defined on this making the team or not. And he really reframed it for me and said, Teresa, you and I have a common goal together. We're not going to allow people to impose limitations on us. We're just going to go out and do our best ability and whatever that is. I'm not going to have someone tell me I can't be successful if I'm in the chair standing up or sitting down. You're not going to accept whether or not you make that team or not. That's success. It's about doing our best with our abilities. And that just turned me, got back in that pool with a whole different attitude and much more relaxed about not worrying about making the team, but doing my best performance. You know, what a great lesson to learn early on, because, you know, as we age, Teresa, obviously, you know, we see the importance of attitude on the way that we live. And I I know through your work with Humana, you not only see what's possible uh, as we age, but you also see the most common challenges, uh, you know, the issues that keep so many from living our best life. What do you think we're doing wrong as individuals or as a culture? What can we do you know, ourselves to increase our health span, to reduce the, you know, all of the chronic illnesses that so many of us suffer from? You know, Mark, I think it's, I really think it comes down to, I, I was successful in my swimming career because of my family and friends that supported me. It doesn't change, I think, whatever age we get to. As we get older, we need to increase our, our circle of friends or contacts that encourages us. You know, it was interesting last year, my partner was watching 60 Minutes of a story of a woman who was 85 plus years old, track and field. And she watched that. Well, guess what? She, at 62, decided to she was going to do track and field and she went to the senior games this year and competed. But that woman inspired her to say, hey, if she can do that, I can get out on a track every day and get motivated. And that was just a big change for her. So each of us have some different motivation, but I really say how you can increase your networking of friends and families around you, Jake, because they help inspire and encourage you to whatever whatever activity and, and involvement you want to do. Man, you touched on a couple of points that I love. You know, internally here at Growing Boulder, exactly what you described, your partner seeing someone else and being inspired. You know, we call that the someone like me effect uh, here at Growing Boulder because, you know, we have learned that we can quote statistics, and we certainly do. We, we can speak to experts like you, and we love to do that. We can quote research, and we'll do that as well. But it kind of seems like 
you know, the switch is flipped. Uh, you know, the, 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 the miracle of personal transformation, if you will, occurs when we can see somebody like us doing something that we either didn't think we could do or never imagined doing. And, and then it's game on. Uh, so, so how did your partner do at the National Senior Games? Did she, did she have a good time? Well, and I had a great time. I got to go there as a cheerleader, and uh, she got two personal best in her fifteen hundred yard dash, and then she got um, wow. got a, a silver medal. So they were really excited. You know, speaking of the national senior games, I have seen videos of you, Teresa, all over the internet with 82-year-old Diet Sauer, who we've also interviewed multiple times here at Growing Boulder. Diet has been named a Humana Game Changer. What, what is a Humana Game Changer, and what is it about Diet that seems to inspire you so much? Diet was a, one of 28 Game Changers that were awarded this year, so I got to meet a few more, too, when I was out in Pittsburgh this year. Diet's very special because of her age and when she decided to start swimming. She didn't start swimming until I think in her late 60s and all the way up to the 80s now in, in terms of her commitment. Um, she inspired me. When I talked to her, I swim two days a week and Diet's in there five days a week swimming. And so I'm now increasing. I also appreciate her. A game changer is someone who's inspirational and they took a chance and just started getting involved and active. And they really are willing to share it to, to really across to anybody to talk about it. I also love the fact that she shared that she had to stop some behaviors that just were not healthy. Her drinking, she's very open about how she's been uh, recovering and hasn't had a drink in you know, 20 to 30 years. That's very inspirational because we all have challenges. It's just Sometimes just bringing it out to light to start dealing with it. And and she does. And she really inspires other people to think about what choices that they want to make in their life. We are talking with Teresa Andrews, uh, who is a market vice president for Humana. Beyond that, she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. I mean, folks, this is a woman who doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. And Teresa you mentioned that you come from a family of 12 kids, so obviously you know more than a little something about socialization as well. Uh, and there is finally, you know, this growing understanding about the importance of social connection as we age. In fact, the U.S. Surgeon General, as you know, now calls loneliness an epidemic and a public health crisis. You've been involved in multiple communities, if you will, over your life. How important is it to have close social connections to our overall well-being from your experience? I think it's 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 vital because it keeps you engaged. It also offers a support, right, to talk about concerns because we all have them. I, I coach uh, volunteer coaching one day a week, and the coaches I coach with are in their mid sixties. I look forward to, to meeting these guys on Saturdays and Sundays, and they're new friends. I never thought I'd ever make new friends like this. Um, and we have a great time talking about swimming and coaching, but then we get our workout in. So I think you, you might surprise yourself that you might find connections. It doesn't doesn't have to be athletics. It could be church. It could be theater. But um, those new friends, no matter what age, too, come into your life and really help motivate you and I think encourage you to do the things that you want to do in your life. We are celebrating, Teresa, the International Council on Active Aging's Active Aging Week and, you know, kind of trying to call attention to their seven dimensions of wellness. And I think one of the common threads that runs through all seven is purpose. I mean, purpose is something that drives people. And, and you mentioned uh, your, your attraction to, to coaching and seeing, uh, you know, your friends on the deck. That's got to be one of your purposes. But, you know, I've just loved reading about you. I obviously knew about your two gold medals. But, uh, you know, but beyond that, you know, you volunteer uh, at a food bank. You are 
a member of the U.S. Olympic Alumni Committee, the United Way Pride Committee, and, and more. What do you get out of volunteering? Why is volunteering so important to our overall health and well-being as we age? I look so look forward to going to the Delaware Food Bank. I go there once a month because it gives me perspective about things that I might worry about in my own life. And then um, just last week, we were making backpacks for children to take after school on a Friday for the weekend because they're not going to have any food. And this is just in little old Delaware. I think we made over 200 backpacks of meals so the child uh, will have that to take home for them for the weekend. And, And I just, I never had to worry about that growing up. We came from a large family, but being able to have food was never an issue. And, and, and I think food insecurity for our seniors can be an issue. And so definitely want to have perspective and be able to give back to my community. Uh, my father was a big, um, taught us growing up, instead of being self-centered, be other-centered. And when you're other-centered, when you've got worries, it really kind of helps take away some of those worries when you're involved and active. Yeah, so many great ways to stay involved, to stay active, uh, to have a purpose and help others. And, you know, here at Growing Boulder, one of one of my favorite talking points, at least, is about the power uh, of prehabilitation, if you will, how being in good general help uh, helps us bounce back when we do encounter the setbacks of life. And I would have to think that your years of training in the pool have definitely prehabilitated you. As, as someone who is now involved in healthcare with Humana, how important is it to have functional fitness? How important is it to have strength and flexibility as we age? Both my parents lived till 92. I just recently lost my mother. But I will tell you, I call it the reserve. My mother and my father both had an amazing reserve that <laughs> if so, they got something physically or something that came to them, they could bounce back, right? Because I think they just built that reserve up. I, I think it's important. Look, I'm, I'm going to share with you, Mark. I've, you know, I've, I think I, re- I carried my swimming training for about 40 years, but I recently this past year got an issue with high blood pressure. I had to address it. Um, and that's hence why I'm getting in the pool. I'm trying to be more mindful. So I think even if you're an Olympic gold medalist, doesn't mean you have perfect health and you don't have things that aren't, aren't, aren't barriers. And so I'm having to very much pay attention to that and get much more involved in weightlifting. I want to have the same longevity that my parents had into their 90s and and active and always very involved in what they were doing. You got to have some of that reserve. Uh, I'm thrilled to hear that you're back in the pool. Uh, Might we see you at the National Senior Games or the U.S. National Masters Championship one of these years? I was so inspired. I'm going to come back and swim. Yes. But I'm also I've also taken up archery. I met some I met some athletes at Pittsburgh, and um, we got talking about archery. So I found a club here in Delaware, and I'm taking archery lessons so I can compete. I'm going to get qualified and come out and compete. You know, isn't isn't that the coolest thing about the National Senior Games? Really, is, is that there's something for everybody. I mean, there's the sport of of race walking, which is very technical. And they then added a sport called power walking, which is not technical, just to give anybody that wants to participate an opportunity to come and compete. It was the most amazing experience. 12,000 athletes on all levels. You don't have to be a a top-notch athlete um, just to start and come out. And, And the support and the encouragement, I got to meet so many great athletes, met a woman 97 years old, track and field, doing a hundred yard dash. She was amazing. She was amazing to watch her and, and watch the pride of her family and everybody out there cheering her on. You know, Teresa, as someone that's involved in so many different things and, and as someone who is helping so many people try to figure out how to live the best life possible, 
Can I ask you about the Olympic spirit? Because I never swam in the Olympics like you. Uh, I did cover three Olympics. Um, and I think anybody that has attended the Olympics in any fashion, as a spectator, uh, as a member of the media, or as an athlete, comes away with the same general feeling. And that is, we, we really are just one big community. We share the same dreams, the same desires, the same fears. What does the Olympic movement mean to you today? And, and, and why do you feel that's important? I think the Olympic movement for me and being involved in the Olympic was I always tell folks it wasn't about the win. It was about the process and that at all levels, we all have to go. We have to commit to the process. And when you choose what that is and when you make that decision, I always tell audiences I have a chance to speak to. You don't even realize how powerful you have inside you. Sometimes our worst competitors ourselves and at the Olympic Games. You know, we all have fears, we all worry, but at the end of the day, it's it's never about the win. It's about the the process and the journey that you took to get whatever the outcome was. And I think that's where I've learned the most, even in my today's my own personal life and trying to make sure I'm prioritizing my working out, but always being very intentional with what I'm trying to achieve. This is a special Active Aging Week conversation with two-time Olympic gold medalist Teresa Andrews. And Teresa, you've obviously been on some great teams, including the 84 U.S. Olympic team. And uh, it seems like you're on one now, uh, your Humana team. It's got to be inspiring to work with a group of people who are so committed to helping others get and stay healthy. I am so proud. I've been at the company nine years. And part of why I joined the company was I was a pediatric social worker in my first career. And I wanted to come back and give back to seniors and in their health. And what I'm proud about Humana is really driving health engagement and health outcomes for our seniors. And not just the physical side, it's the emotional, it's the resource need. It's that full self. And I think that's that's something that brings meaning for me every day that I can put my head down every night and know that we've helped hundreds and hundreds of seniors today to have a better quality of life. Well, good for you. And thank you for doing it. And I got to bring this up because as an age group swimmer, I know that you trained at the North Baltimore Aquatic Club. In fact, you were the very first Olympic medalist ever from that club. But there is another club member who eventually overshadowed even your Olympic performance, isn't there? Yeah, you know, this special young man, Michael Phelps. <laughs> Listen, Mark, Michael was 10 years old when I when I retired. And my coach pulled me aside when I, went, I was watching the kids all train one day. And he says, hey, come here. I want you to see somebody. This kid's going to be something at 10. This kid's going to be something. But I'll say this about Michael, incredible athlete, incredible accomplishment. Whenever I'm together with him, I say, Michael, you might have won the most medals, but I won the first. And he goes, yes, you did, Teresa. <laughs> He's very respectful, but um, what a great legacy that he has and Baltimore has for the contributions. And look, I got to say, Michael's a great proponent of mental health. He is very honest about his challenges with mental health. And it doesn't matter what age, we all can have challenges. And he really encourages folks to seek help and counseling to get that support you need if you're struggling. You know, thank you for bringing that up because everybody talks about behavior health and, and mental health and destigmatizing that. And, you know, we're all dealing with issues and we got to be able to talk about it. And I read something that I thought was really interesting, and, and, and that was the fact that, that when technology improved to the extent that the imaging existed, that we could actually see the signs of mental illness in our brains, all of a sudden people realized it really is a disease. It really is something that, you know, I'm just not making up. I mean, that, that, that's, it's important for people to recognize that and get help, isn't it? 
I'm a big believer of that. If you if you broke your leg, you wouldn't fight going to the ER. And if something is an emotional weight on you, it's just similar support. And there's a lot of great therapists and counselors out there to help talk through whatever that, that issue is or whatever you're feeling. I'd love to share too, um, for your listeners out there that the Humana Neighborhood Center, it's a virtual class. Anybody, you don't have to be a Humana member. You can log in. We have so many great classes. And when I think about how can I get connected and um, topics, there's so many different topics. One of our favorite classes that we get thousands and thousands of seniors to sign up for is decluttering your home. Great tips <laughs> on how to do that. It's a great site, a virtual site. Anybody can just sit at home and, and get engaged. And another night, it's another way if you're trying to find a resource of information. I know a lot of our members are taking advantage of it. Just another great example. And you mentioned struggling and dealing with problems. And, and there's a lot of conversation these days about the importance of being resilient. I think resilience has kind of become one of the buzzwords of, of the time. And I think the good news is the older we get, the more resilience we have. But the bad news is we had to earn it through struggle. I mean, it's the only way to become resilient as one who has had her fair share of struggle, as one who has not only survived but thrived. What's the key? What's the moral of the story about finding a way to just keep on keeping on? I think when I was trying to make the Olympic team, I think I realized that moment, and I was 20 years old, so I'd been at this for many years, but I finally realized I had to be humble and raise my hand and say, I need help. I need to raise my hand to my coach, to my parents, to my brothers and sisters. And even at work, um, I'm very willing to raise my hand. I don't have to be perfect. And I raise my hand when I'm just, I need help. And I think that, um, that when you're going to your physician or you're talking to one of your you know, the nurse at a practice, it's not just going in for your physical, but it's an opportunity to raise your hand if there's something going else on at home that's concerning you, that's what your primary doctor, why your your support around you want to know about that to help you. And given the, the sum total of everything that's happening in your life today, are, are you optimistic about your future? Are you looking forward to the decades ahead? You know, Mark, I'm very competitive. My goal is 95. <laughs> I tell you what, I was, I had no idea how inspiring the senior games were. Um, I'm really looking forward to putting that in my rotation at every two years I'm out there, the friends and the folks you get to meet. I'm looking forward to that. And one thing that, that I know you saw, because we see it every time is, you know, we all say it's never too late. But when you see these people, you know, when you when you see someone like Diet who's overcoming, you know, multiple issues, when you see someone that, that that is obese or blind or you see a guy with a scar down his chest because he had open heart surgery eight months ago, you realize that, you know, if you can find a way to keep on keeping on and And I think that's really got to be the key, because. You know, I always say it's kind of like a tale of two cities these days. It's the best of times and it's the worst of times. We've got 10,000 of us turning 70 each and every day. And, and the average 70-year-old is struggling with multiple preventable chronic illnesses. At the other end of the spectrum, you know, there's an entirely new life stage that, that, that has the opportunity to continue to be in the National Senior Games, to socialize, to, to engage. What do you say to people? I mean, what's the key? I think we've talked a little bit about it, but what can we do to get people to realize that they really have to take personal responsibility for their own future health and well-being? You know, I think it's, it's, these, it's this type of conversation we're having today because folks need to have exposure. Right. And when you can show people and you can hear that somebody today is going to make a different choice tomorrow because they heard this conversation. 
and they might reach out for a different resource they hadn't thought about. And I have great hope that no matter where someone's at, is that it's just a, it's that first step and not worrying about, uh, it's going to take me six months to get there. It just, it's one day at a time, as they always say, and just taking that first step to get involved and get engaged with whatever your choice is that you want to do. Not a better place to leave it than there. We got to take that first step, folks. If not now, when, you know, don't procrastinate uh, one step at a time toward a better future. She is Teresa Andrews, Olympic champion, Humana vice president, active aging role model. Teresa, thanks for all you do to inspire others to live with passion and purpose. It's been a pleasure with you today. And thank you for getting this kind of information out to your audience. Really appreciate you. Mark, wasn't it interesting to hear Teresa Andrews, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, talk about how motivated she was by meeting 82-year-old Diet Sauer, who was twice named as a Humana Game Changer. Yeah, Bill, it's really a great example of what we call the someone-like-me effect, which is the magic that happens when we see someone like us doing something that we never thought we could. Diet's story starts out like so many others. By middle age, she was a heavy smoker, she was a drinker, she was overweight, and she was out of shape, but now at the age of 82, she is ranked number one in the world in her age group in the 200-meter butterfly, which is proof that you are really never too old and it's never too late. Well, I guess about age 39, I quit smoking and drinking, you know, which I thought was going to make me healthier, but it ended up leading me straight to food, so I blew up to about 250 pounds. I was sedentary, I was miserable, and I, the funny thing is, I thought, well, you know, maybe this is just how it is at 40, and you just feel old and you are old, and, uh, which is crazy because my life has flipped so much that at 81, I don't even feel old. Why has it flipped? How has it flipped? Well, I started, I started eating correctly, I started eating healthfully, I started exercising, and then... And you ask about the spiritual side. I believe God provided the opportunity to start swimming at 58. Because I showed up at a pool to join a master's team. I couldn't swim a lick. <laughs> and I, it was really, I don't even understand why I showed up. And there was a special coach there that said, I will teach you. You can do this. She encouraged me and she changed my life. Here I am. I'm having a blast. How important is this community that surrounds you in swimming? How important is it that they that they encourage you? Well, it's unbelievable. You know, I swim with two other people in my lane. We, we constantly swim together and train together. One's 12 years younger, one's 15 year, years younger. I struggle every day to keep up with them. I struggle every day to, to, to make sure that I'm swimming as fast and as seriously as they are. If I'm not there, they call. They text, where are you? Why aren't you here? You know, I mean, it's it's being part of that community and then the people I see here at this event, oh my gosh, I love them. You have to know that when 81-year-old Diet walks the pool deck, you're inspiring 30- and 40-year-old women with every step. I hope so. I hope so. Um, in fact, I've talked to some of the younger people around here and they, they it's jaw-dropping. You know, they go... These people, I can't believe what they can do. The, any young person that's, that, that has access to seeing this can really maybe capture some of the spirit here and, and, 
and what does keep you going and what does keep you striving for health and vitality and living a vigorous life. What an inspiration. And whether it's D. Ed Sauer or Teresa Andrews, I think the takeaway is that we are all capable of making transformative changes in our lives, no matter how old we are or what our situation might be. And Bill, that's the importance of Active Aging Week. It sends an undeniable message of what's possible as we age, and that by putting in the work and making the right daily lifestyle choices, we can all live lives of pride and passion and purpose. Mark, it's an empowering message, one that we all need to hear. So folks, join us all week as we celebrate Active Aging Week and share the International Council on Active Aging's Seven Dimensions of Wellness with videos, articles, more podcasts like this, and a complimentary downloadable workbook that's full of great resources to help you get started towards that happier and healthier future. For more information, activeagingweek.com and humananeighborhoodcenter.com.